Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Central Wired podcast, and thanks for listening in. Make sure to stay connected with us throughout the week at centralwired.com or on Facebook and Instagram. We hope this week's message meets you right where you're at. Enjoy. What's up? Good to see everybody. Always good to be here before you with my, my family, my central Christian family in the great city of Beloit. How y'all feel it? Awesome. Listen, I got a chance to greet a bunch of you, a bunch of you. I didn't get a chance to greet, but uh, I don't know who you are or where you've been or what's brought you here today, but I just felt this tug to say to somebody today, everybody, I just need you to know just how massively loved by God each and every one of you guys are. I need you to know today, everybody, that he is crazy about you, madly in love with you, and, and, and he just... Ah, He just sees you completely. In spite of all of your shortcomings, in spite of all of your flaws, in spite of all of your fears, in spite of all of that, he desires for you to know him. He desires for you to draw close to him. And he desires for you to love him just as much as he loves you. So crazy about you. And everybody, this is your first time or your first time in a long time. I need you to know you're catching our church in the middle of this amazing series as we are sharing stories, everybody, through the Jesus Storybook Bible. And we believe here that Jesus wasn't just a figure in the Bible, you know, just reserved for the uh, New Testament accounts, the Gospels, but we believe that Jesus was the central figure in the Bible. And the Jesus Storybook Bible does a great job of helping us understand how he is neatly woven throughout the entire Word of God. And so if you've been following along with us in our Jesus Storybook Bible uh, study guide, that our amazing discipleship pastor, Pastor Randy, has put together, you will probably be right around week seven of our study as we're going to be going into Jesus Heals the Paralytic. Jesus Heals the Paralytic. Now, on that note, everybody, I got some good news and I got some bad news. And you guys know me. You know, I always love to lead with the bad news first because the good news, I'm hoping, trumps the bad news. But for the sake of the presentation this morning, I'm going to lead with the good news. Now, the good news is this story that Jesus heals the paralytic is in the Bible. It's in the Bible. It's in two of the Gospels. It's in the Bible, book, uh, uh, book of Mark and the book of Luke. The bad news is that this story of Jesus healing the paralytic is not in the Jesus Storybook Bible for a number of reasons why uh, our teaching team here would like to plan our sermons out months in advance and we kind of have ideas of what we want to talk about. And so we chose this topic of Jesus healing the paralytic, but we didn't realize that it wasn't in the Jesus Storybook Bible, but it will be something that we cover in our study guide. And so as you're going through your study guide, Pastor Randy has highlighted two of the passages that we're going to highlight today for you today. And I believe God has an amazing word for us regarding uh, this Jesus healing the paralytic. Amen? Amen. So we're going to be focused today on Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, and Luke chapter 5, verses 17 through 26. Those are the passages in your uh, study guide, and we're going to be talking about those today. So let's hop right in. Matthew chapter 2, everybody. Matthew chapter 2, in the New Living Translation, verse 1 says, When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon, the house where he was staying in was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man 
on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. And seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. I need everybody at the 1030 service, I need you to say paralyzed. Paralyzed. Now, 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 I wanna ask you for a moment, everybody, if I could get you uh, to really empathize with this man. I want, I want to try to get you to put yourself in this paralyzed man's situation, particularly those of us this morning who you're here today uh, and you have uh, the full capacity to run and walk around on your own power. You have the ability to dress and undress yourself with, a whole, with not a whole lot of trouble. You got the ability to stand up, sit down, lie down on your own power. I want you to think about what it must have been like for this guy who the Bible calls paralyzed and how difficult his life must have been. There's a lot of things uh, that the Bible does not tell us about this paralyzed man that I want to examine for a moment. The Bible doesn't tell us the paralyzed man's name. We don't know this guy's name. He, they did not, uh, the Bible didn't identify him by name. We don't know the paralyzed man's age. How old was the paralyzed man when he had this divine encounter with Jesus? The Bible doesn't tell us that. The Bible doesn't even tell us, everybody, how long this man was paralyzed. We don't know if the man was born paralyzed. We don't know if, if the man had a degenerative disease that caused him over time to become paralyzed. We don't know if this man had an accident. Did he fall? Or did someone or something fall on him that caused him to become paralyzed? We don't know the answers to any of those questions, but all we know is that the Bible introduces this man to us uh, presently as someone who is suffering from paralysis. The Bible says he was paralyzed. Somebody say paralyzed. The, 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 the Greek word paralyzed is the paralytikos, it's the paralytikos. That word paralyzed, everybody, literally means uh, one who has become loosened or unstrung. That word paralyzed, everybody, literally means to loosen beside and relax. This is my favorite definition of paralyzed. Somebody say paralyzed. That word paralyzed literally means one whose power of movement has gone. One whose power of progressive movement has gone. And I'm trying to get you to relate and connect with this man. The Bible says this guy was paralyzed. In other words, life had literally shown up and knocked him flat on his back to the point to where he did not have the ability to get up and rise up past the current condition that he found himself in. And I wonder if I got some real people in the room that knows what it's like to be living life your way just to have life show up and knock you right on your back. And then have cheerleaders that mean well to show up in your life and say stuff to you like, well, come on, you got this. Shake it off, suck it up, and man up. You you had some people in your life that kind of, they thought they was doing real good for you by cheering you up with that phrase. But here's the deal, everybody. See, it's real hard to man up when you can't even stand up. The Bible said the man was paralyzed. He didn't have the ability to rise up beyond the situation that he found himself in. And I'm asking you, I wonder if I got some people in the room that can relate to this man. Maybe you're not paralyzed physically, but maybe you showed up here today because your marriage is paralyzed. Oh, I got some amens right there. Yeah, 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 yeah. You in a space where you continue to hit this issue or this challenge in your relationship that continues to reoccur and you just can't seem to get past this issue. Maybe you're here today and you feel like your career is 
paralyzed. You just one idea, one employee, one relationship, one resource away from your business going to a whole nother level. But it seems like just when you get to that point, there's this ceiling that you just can't seem to get past. Am I talking to any people in the room today? Maybe somebody in here, you understand what it means to be paralyzed by addiction. You understand what it means to be paralyzed by a health condition. Maybe you understand, you in the room, you understand what it means to be paralyzed uh, 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 by your environment. You, you, you feel like you're a product of where you live or where you're from. And no matter how hard you try, you just can't never seem to feel like you can get past and progress past where you live. And I just want to encourage somebody here right now, if this is hitting the button for you, listen, I want to say to you, though your life may feel stuck right now, there is nothing that the Savior is unable and unwilling to set you free from. Somebody ought to say amen right there. Yeah. And so the question for us today is, are we willing to take that condition You know, that area of our life that's stuck, that area of our life that's stagnant, that area of our life that's paralyzed. And are we willing to lay it before Jesus? And if somebody in here saying, well, man, I can't do it. Do you have people in your life that will help bear your burdens, that will literally grab you up and drag you to Jesus themselves? Do you have some people like that in your life? And if I can give you a spoiler alert, everybody, um, Jesus gets real excited about four guys in the Bible who help and serve this paralyzed man. And it leads me right into with my note takers, my first point that I want to share with you this morning. Here it is for my note takers. Jesus, uh, here let me say it like this, friends take their friends to Jesus. Friends take their friends to Jesus. Now, Now, I want to say something that's probably going to sound mean. I want to say something that's probably going to sound mean right now. In fact, if Dave Clark was here, he'd say it like this. I'm going to say something mean. That's what Dave would do. That's what Dave would do. That's what Dave would do. All right. Here it is. Here it is. You ready? You ready? Some of us. What did I just say? Some of us. Yeah, yeah. Some of us. Oh, God, I'm going to say this. Okay, okay. I'm just going to say it. Some of us. We got the wrong type of people in our life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, let me be clear. I'm not saying they bad people. I'm just suggesting that they may be bad for you to be close and intimate with. You understand? Because there's some people that they just always seem to find themselves in the middle of some drama. You got some friends like that? I got some friends back in Chicago like that. Always in the middle of some mess. In fact, y'all finish this statement for me. Misery loves... Oh, y'all know some folk like that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's amazing how some, of, some people, they, they just always seem to be in the middle of some mess. And they love to drag you in the mess that they in. You trying to do stuff God's way... And they're trying to get you to do stuff the world way, you know, the way you used to do stuff, the way you used to handle your business, you know, BC before Christ, you understand what I'm saying, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, you'll be venting about a, about a situation, a spouse or a boyfriend or something, and you'll be talking to your girlfriend like, oh, I can't stand him. I just hate him. Somebody needs to do something about him. Boy, if somebody, ah, oh! right? And your girlfriend will look at you with a straight face and be like, well, you do still got your gun, right? And you're like, what? What are you talking about? What? 
See, that's why you just got out for that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, terrible advice, right? But here's the deal, everybody. Uh, friends take their friends to Jesus. And if I could say it another way, uh, friends refuse to lead their friends in the same place that they were in. And let me give you a verse. Let me give you a verse. Uh, Mark chapter 2, second part of verse 2 says, while he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived, what? Carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. Now, remember, first off, we told you um, that this paralyzed man, there was a lot of things about him that we didn't know, right? Here's another thing that we didn't know. We didn't know his age. We didn't know uh, how long he'd been paralyzed, all those things. You know what else we don't know? We don't necessarily know everybody, the dynamic between these four men and this paralyzed man. We don't really know that. The Bible doesn't actually tell us that these guys were best friends. The Bible doesn't say that these guys grew up together. We don't know all that, but here's what we do know, church. What we do know is you don't necessarily have to be someone's friend to show yourself a friend to someone. God, I'm going to try on this side. Yeah, yeah. You don't necessarily actually have to be somebody's friend to show yourself a friend to someone. Amen? Right? And I know there's some people in here right now, a lot of people sometimes we get caught up in, yeah, but I've known them all my life. But here's the deal. God will put you in situations where you're just meeting somebody for the first time. When you've aligned yourself with the right people, doing the right things, and it'll be like, man, I feel like I've known them all my life. They can be more of a friend to you than folks that you've known for years and years and years. And we got to be real careful about feeling like we got to have just some type of allegiance to some other folk that's really not leading us in the right direction while God is opening up a whole new gambit of new people, new relationships, new opportunities that God wants to take you to and take you through. Amen, somebody? Is this making sense? Yeah, yeah. And so, everybody, what we do know about these four men is that they showed themselves a friend to this paralyzed man by carrying him to Jesus. Can I have that verse one more time? It says, while he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived, what? Carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. Somebody say carry. That word carry, everybody, in the Greek, black grandma, literally means um, uh, 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 to take up, to pick up, and to lift up. Oh, God. One day I'm going to have y'all trained real good and when to get excited. I'm going to try one more time. I'm going to try one more time. That word carry literally means to take up, to pick up, and to lift up. Yeah, yeah. It's going to make sense on the balcony in a minute. It's going to make sense. It says, says, friends take their friends to Jesus. And everybody, friends refuse to leave their friends in the same space, in the same place that they've always been in. And can I say it like this, everybody? You know why I love me some Jesus? You know why I love him so much? Because Jesus is that friend that sticks closer than a brother. And I don't know about y'all, but see, I don't have to think too long and hard about the type of dude I was before Jesus showed up in my life. You understand the things I used to do, the places I used to go, the folk I used to hang out with, the stuff I used to do. But I'm so excited, everybody, that when Jesus saw me, he didn't just walk right by me and left me in the space that I was in. He didn't leave me messed up, jacked up, and tore up from the flow up. But you know what he did? He took me up. Yeah, he picked me up. He lifted me up. Yeah, out of my circumstance. Come on, somebody. 
Yeah, out of my mistakes, out of my sin, he lavished me with his grace, covered me with his love, surrounded me with his favor, gave me an opportunity to live for him, to love for him, to serve him. And if I got some people in the room that can relate to God doing that for you, you ought to shout his name right now. Yeah. That's who he is. He is so awesome. And everybody, that's when you know you got a friend. A friend doesn't leave you stuck, messed up, and miserable. But a real friend, everybody, they insist on praying for you. They insist on encouraging you. They insist on seeing Jesus' presence, everybody, in your life. And folks, that's why we got these resolve posters out here. That's why we're encouraging you every week to pray for those names of a parent or, or a husband or a wife or kids or, or, or neighbors or coworkers that you give you an opportunity to take somebody to Jesus. Everybody, that's why when you leave here today, and some of you, you got those when you came in, we have these really nice invitations that we want you to, to take with you. Uh, on, on, the, on, the, on the one side, we got the helicopter egg drop where we had 5,000 people show up at our campus last year over some Easter eggs, right? But because of that, of those 5,000 people, we had an opportunity to take some people to Jesus, and they are a part of our church. They've been baptized, and they know who Jesus is all because of this event right here. Yeah. And on the other side of the invitation, everybody, is an opportunity for you to invite somebody uh, to our uh, Resurrection Weekend experience, our Good Friday service, and our services that we're going to be having on Saturday and Sunday to celebrate the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so before you leave today, if you don't already have one, we want to encourage you to take as many as you need and think about who is it whose hand I can put this in to invite and have the opportunity to take somebody to Jesus. Amen? Yeah, because friends take their friends to Jesus. But here's the second point I want to make is friends, everybody, love their friends like Jesus. They love their friends like Jesus. Look at the scripture. Verse 3 of Mark chapter 2 says, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. Now, they couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Now, listen, everybody, if you're familiar with this story, you'll just run right by this and think, okay, that's cool. Yeah, they... they carried the man, they took the man, they dug a hole, all this. Listen, this was really, really hard. I, I tell y'all all the time, y'all be reading the Bible too fast, right? Do y'all understand what these four guys did for this paralyzed guy? Listen, the way they loved this guy, listen, this wasn't cheap. This wasn't easy. This wasn't convenient in any stretch of the imagination. In fact, I want to illustrate through this. Come on, Q, help me out with this real quick. Come on up, come on up. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Y'all give it up for, 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 for Quinn. Now, Quinn, how much do you weigh? 210. 210. Oh, boy. I'm All right. Now. All right. So, so, so Quinn, uh, we haven't rehearsed this. We haven't practiced this or anything. I just want you to hop on my back, okay? Just, just right. hop right on up. Yeah. All right. I got him. I got him. Okay. So, I got Quinn. Now, now I'm carrying Quinn. You feel me? But now... Here, here's what maybe you guys may not uh, uh, immediately notice. Quinn is helping me bear his weight. You understand? His arms, you can see, are kind of over my shoulders. 
and, and you may not be able to notice, but Quinn is squeezing his thighs um, on the back of my hips. And uh, I will say with my wife present, um, as a heterosexual man, it's a little uncomfortable um, for another man to be squeezing uh, the back of my hips. But we're going to do this for Jesus. We're going to do this for Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. But now watch this, everybody. The Bible says this man was what? Paralyzed. So that means, Q, he didn't have the ability to do none of that. You understand? So go ahead and just go, go limp for me. Okay, let, let your legs go too. There we go. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. So this is a lot different. Yeah, I got all 210 to Quinn right now. You understand? Listen, this ain't cheap. This ain't easy. You say 210, bro? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably before breakfast. Probably before breakfast. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, this is rough. Okay, y'all, y'all give Q a hand helping us out. Thank you, bro. You're awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Now, and listen, that's just one man. The Bible said how many men was working with this paralyzed man? Four. Four. So let me just, I want to say this politically correct because I don't want to get fired next week. Um, let me say it like this. It took four of them. You can just fill in the blank with your sanctified imagination and understand what I'm saying when I say that. Okay? It took four of these dudes to take this one dude to Jesus. And the Bible says that they didn't make it easy for him, right, because of the crowd. So these guys had to literally take this guy up. They had to lift him up, you understand, over their head. They had to climb on a roof with this guy. And just like we did with Quinn right now, remember, he paralyzed. So if they don't hold him the right way, he can just slide off the map and be like, oh, there you go. <laughs> you all right, bro? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right? And so they had to hold this guy just right, right? And then the Bible says, everybody, that they literally had to dig a hole through the roof, right? And in Luke chapter nine, uh, 5, verse 19, it says they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles um, in the middle of the crowd. Now, watch this. Did the Bible say that these men had any tools, any, any type of equipment to dig a hole, like a man-sized hole through a roof, through some tiles. So what would you imagine how they dug through the hole? What did they have to do? They dug with their hands, right? So if you digging through some hard tiles with your hands, you can imagine their hands probably got cut up. There was probably some blood, right? And these men did all of that just to bless and serve this paralyzed man. And can I tell you, when these men did this, Jesus got excited about how these men loved this man. And you know why it excited Jesus so much? It's because what these men did for the paralyzed man was a picture of what, what Jesus was coming to do for sinful man. You understand, right? You understand Jesus bore the weight of the world of sin upon itself. You understand Jesus pierced his hands, pierced his feet, died the most excruciating, humiliating death known to man. Why? Because he loved us so much. Yeah. That he did for us what we needed him to do and what we couldn't do for ourselves, everybody. And that's love. Somebody say love. That word love, agape, unconditional love in the Greek literally means having the highest regard of the wants and the needs of someone else with what? Demonstration. And everybody, Jesus demonstrated his love for us when he died a death and paid a price 
that we couldn't pay. And everybody, that's what got Jesus so hyped up because these four men illustrated that type of love when they served this paralyzed man and did for him what he couldn't do for himself. It was a picture of what Jesus was coming to do for a sinful man. And everybody, what would it look like for us to love our friends like Jesus loved us? To love our friends like these four men loved this paralyzed man. Because friends take their friends to Jesus. Number two, friends love their friends like Jesus. Amen? Here's the last thing, everybody. Friends, they love to see their friends touched by Jesus. They love to see their friends touched by Jesus. And everybody, here's the deal. I just went through the whole soliloquy, right, of what these four men did for the paralyzed man, how they sacrificed for him, how they went through pain for him, how they, how they you know, went through all of that discomfort and, and, and it was uncomfortable, right? And, and let me just make this statement really quickly on the love point. You know, you really don't know that you love somebody unless you're willing to go through pain for somebody. Yeah. See, here's the deal. A lot of us, we think we in love because they're doing what they want us to do. They're acting the way we want them to act. They're doing things the way we would expect them to do. But sometimes you don't really know that you are in love with somebody until you've been disappointed, uh, until you've gone through some pain, until you've had to sacrifice, unless it costs you something. And I don't know about y'all, uh, but last time I checked, Uh, When Jesus went to the cross for our sin, the Bible says he demonstrated his love. And while we were yet sinners, while we were yet doing our own thing, Jesus Christ died for us. And really, the way you know you love somebody is not when everything is going the way you want it to go. That's not love. That's infatuation. But love is when you go through pain with somebody, when you go through hurt with somebody, when you sacrifice, when it costs you something. And you can hang in there with that person anyhow. That's love. That's love. Yeah. Can we love our wives like that? Can we love our husbands like that? Can we love our children like that? Can we love our neighbors, our coworkers, our friends that way? And, and, and friends, everybody, they love to see their friends touched by Jesus. So I I went through that whole soliloquy, right? But isn't it interesting that I think everybody in the room would in a minute go through that pain and that hurt and that struggle and all of that discomfort to get to Jesus for themselves, to get their own blessings met, to get a prayer through for their own situation. Y'all going to leave me by myself? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Huh? But my question, everybody, is are we willing to go through that pain and struggle and discomfort and drama for the sake of somebody else? See, that's what got Jesus excited about this passage, and that's what caused him to move. And and let me make this disclaimer. I told you at the front, Jesus is absolutely crazy about every single one of you. He loves you. Yes, he wants to bless you. Yes, he wants to cover you. Yes, he wants to see you have a positive and productive life. Of course he does. But can I tell you what Jesus gets really excited about is when we're not so self-focused in our prayers, but we're more others-focused. That's what got Jesus excited. 
Because the Bible says in verse five, it says, and when he saw their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, watch this. He says, yo, my child, your sins are forgiven. And everybody, I don't know about you, but I want to see God move in a mighty God-like, only God can move type of way in this state line area. I want to see him move in that type of way in my home city of Chicago. I want to see him do some stuff that only God can do. And when that happens, everybody, is when we're not as a church and as a body of believers always so focused on what I need and what I want and what I got to get, but we can step out of ourselves and believe God for somebody else. What does that look like for us to do that? And when we do that, that gets Jesus excited to the point where he'll say, hey, yo, your sins are forgiven, right? And the Bible says that because he had this big crowd around him, it's funny. The people start getting on Jesus like, hey, wait, what you talking about, bro? Only God can forgive sin. So watch what Jesus says in verse 9. We're closing with this. He says this. He says, which is easier? To say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take up your mat, and walk. But I want you to know the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he says to the man, I tell you, get up, take up your mat, and go home. Verse 12 says he got up, up, took up his mat, and walked out, watch this, in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. Yeah. And church, can I tell you, that's my prayer for us. I believe we have an amazing opportunity to see God do some stuff that folk would say, oh, my God, I have never seen anything like this. Church, I'm hoping that come resurrection weekend, there is standing room only in this auditorium because we've had the passion to take our friends to Jesus, that we've been working from now until resurrection weekend to love our friends like Jesus because we have the desire to see our friends touched by Jesus. And watch this. You know it's God when people walk up to you and they say stuff like, you go to church? No. You in your Bible? No. You got a job? No. You stop drinking? Because, you know, I know you. We used to close the bars down together. You understand? Now, you're in the Word. you worshiping. you lifting your hands in the sanctuary. Oh, my God. That couldn't be nobody but. Come on, somebody. Right? And everybody, I'm hoping that that's your desire, to see God do that and to be a very small part in what God was already doing in the hearts and the lives of somebody else. And so, folks, right now, do you have that person? You got that man, that woman, that brother, that sister, that neighbor, that friend, those kids. Do you have them in your heart? Do you have them in your mind? Do you have that person that you're going to be praying for? that you want to take to Jesus, that you want to love like Jesus, that you want to see touched by... You have them? You got them? If you have them right now, would you just stand with me and let's pray for them right now. Thanks so much for joining us. Just a reminder to stay connected with us throughout the week at centralwire.com or on Facebook and Instagram. 
Thanks again for being with us and have a great week.